BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say uh, go Bills. Ladies and gentlemen, it is your boy back at it again. It's the Rico Report. It's the Buffalo Fanatics. Let's go. Folks, we got a show for you tonight. Commanders are in town. Are they going to be threatening? They're surging. They're 2 or no. Are they fraudulent? Are they the real deal? I'm going to let y'all know soon because my man's is coming on. Rio Robinson. He's about to let me know what's really good with these damn commanders. Are they the real deal? And we're about to pick and prod and find out what's good with these cats, man. So tune in. It's the Buffalo Fanatics. It's the Rico Report. And we got a big one. This is the double bounce back game, if you guys aren't realizing what I'm talking about. Because the Bills put on a, a show, a bit of a show, up against the Raiders. And uh, what what I thought, I think what we thought would have been somewhat of a, I mean, a good challenging game. It did look like it looked like that the first, <laughs> the first run, five plays, seventy five yards of touchdown. I mean, they sieved through us like a knife through butter. But then we calmed down, and then we did what we did. But that was the bounce back game. So now you got to prove it again. That you know, what I mean, it's really corrected, and it wasn't just a fluke if you will now nothing about the bills are flukish because you know what I mean with the bills but at the end of the day you got to stack wins together it's about stacking in this league man you got to put them together you can't be inconsistent where you win one lose two lose two win three like we don't want to be in that 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 range we're, we're too good for that so hopefully we get our act together up against the commanders now i got my boy coming on soon He's mighty confident. There are a lot of Commanders fans that are mighty confident. I mean, I just I was on my man Rio Robinson's show uh, just last night, and they're confident, but their confidence comes from when we used to be the Bills that were on the rise, right? Remember when we got Josh Allen, and in the first time up against the Vikings, and we're not really expecting much because the Vikings were, you know what I mean, we're supposed to be a little better. They're going up against a young Josh Allen. And then Josh Allen takes up the middle, hurdles Anthony Barr. That was it. We're like, okay, we got some. We got some. And we felt good. This is where the commanders feel. They got Sam Howell. They got an offensive coordinator. You know what I'm saying? They got some nice offensive pieces. They feel good, as they should. But it's up to the Bills to say, Calm down. Calm down. What's up? You want to top me up? 
You trying to give me talk? So the wifey comes and she's she trying to top me up because I was gonna have some wine. Mm. Top me up, girl. Top me up. <laughs> anyway, I don't wanna. This is this is a PG show. I gotta chill out. Anyway, folks. So without further ado, I'm gonna bring my man Real Robinson in right now. Double R, and we're gonna talk this out. Now he's on audio form, so he doesn't want to show his pretty face, but it's all good. But the content is what we want. So without further ado, let me bring in my man. Mr. Real Robinson. Real, what's up, bro? What's going on tonight, man? You got the wine on deck. I see the vibes are immaculate on this wine Friday night. Deck, man. I'm trying to get my my, my Giveon. Was it Giveon? Yeah, I think I think it's Giveon. I think it's Giveon. Giveon. That's my guy. Giveon was, was on it the other day. Yo, he made, he had the whole crowd singing his song while he's sipping on Moscato, sipping on some kind of wine. So I'm here having a vibe today, man. I'm having a vibe, man. I'm having a vibe. So, folks, my man Real Robinson, he is one of the one of the the up and coming content creators for the commanders and my man's I'm telling you right now, he's got it. He's got it. The more time he's putting in his craft, man, he's going to be that dude. So whenever you guys are rooting for the commanders, just think of my boy, real Robinson. So we're going to get right into it. Rio. I got to appreciate that. My I got to, I got a clip. I got to play. Um, because, uh, I appreciate this. So Eric B enemy, let's talk about Eric B enemy. My guy. What's Eric B enemy doing to these commanders, man, that, that got these boys playing. And what has been the difference with, Former offensive coordinators that have been with, with the Commanders to Mr. Eric Bieniemy. I we know what Eric Bieniemy brings to the game, but like, what's he what's he done for the Commanders? What's he got them? What what's he doing for you guys over there? Culture. He he comes from winning culture. Everything about the fabric of who he is is culture and accountability. Like our last guy, Scott Turner, he's a coach in this league. He's a nepotism baby. He's a nepo baby. He's a coach because his father's name is Norv. He's the son of Norv. Nothing on his resume qualified him to get our offensive coordinator rule other than he coached with Ron in Carolina. Ron picked Scott Turner over our incumbent and uh, offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell, the one who coaches the Vikings now. Ron mm -hmm. chose Scott Turner over KOC. KOC went out to L.A. with McVay and immediately got a head coaching job because he obviously was the hire that made sense. But going to what we have now instead of barking on the past, Eric Bieniemy is a hard ass. Like, he is a detail-oriented hard ass. He's a guy who should have long ago got a head coaching opportunity in this league, and he had to get out under the nest of Andy Reid in his coaching tree to branch out and form an offensive baby of his own, and he has the assistant head coach title here. He's came in, he changed the time that we practice, he moved up practices earlier, and he runs the practices. Ron is pretty much a camp counselor for the team at this point. Yo, this guy's yo, you ripping right. I, I something tells me, something tells me commanders fans are just waiting for that. Just just you know I mean owner of the team, just make the switch, <laughs> owner of the team, just make the switch and just give the job to B enemy and call it a day. Because the way you you're you're glowing about B enemy, <laughs> calling my man a camp counselor with a little <laughs> a little whistle telling everybody. <laughs> All right, everybody try to switch it up. It's trying to go from this camp to listen. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling the vibe. And I feel it feels as though um there's uh there's a there's this excitement. There's a there's a sense of like urgency. There's a sense of like future. Like you, the future's bright for you guys. And I see it and I like it. And and I'm I was a little skeptical that you guys let go of Henneke. 
Taylor Heineke. Tyler Heineke. I forgot. It's Taylor Heineke. And like I told you, bro, like that, it was the total right call. Great guy. But talk about it because there's there it's a 50-50 crowd because you have some people. I mean, right now it's a little different because Sam's got you guys at 2-0, but it was different, I'm sure, when y'all let him go. What was yeah, the yeah, vibe yeah. in Commander Nation? Well, God bless their hearts in Commander Nation. We've went through hell here. We are the ultimate purgatory for quarterbacks here. I've watched 36 starting quarterbacks in my lifetime here. Look at a team like the Green Bay Packers, bro. 30 years straight, they've known who their quarterback was going to be. They passed the torch from Brett Favre, first ballot Hall of Famer. To Aaron Rodgers, first ballot Hall of Famer. If Jordan Love's good, they're going to go another decade plus without needing a quarterback. I've watched the quarterback carousel turn over and over throughout my entire duration of being a fan here so any resemblance or glimpse of a likable guy or a good story it's like a hallmark story i, I call taylor heineke rudy i call him rudy bro it's like when the it's like when the challenged manager comes in on game night and he scores a basket bro like i'm not even trying to go on heineke but heineke has no nfl level talent but he was a fun story and a good backup quarterback will deceive you because you'll forget that they're a donut they're a spare tire a spare tire can get you from here to there in a tight pinch but you don't want to have to rely on it or you're going to be riding on hubcap and that's what happens when the backup has to start 24 games for you he gets exposed the league gets tape on him and it doesn't turn out what it needs to be like the guy love the story i've met him a few times great guy the guy has an arm of my six-year-old daughter. Like, he has the, the worst arm in the league. He, The ball waits for an hour to get the receivers. Like, I, I can't. And, and our fans, they excused everything he did. They wanted to build around him and make him a franchise quarterback. I'm sorry, 30-year-old journeyman quarterbacks who were only in the league because of the COVID emergency rule is not something I want to build around. I could not turn my blinders on to it. But I appreciate his time here in Washington, and I hope he continues to collect backup bags for the duration of his career. But we I made the total it. right call. I lead. love it. Real Robinson, listen, coming through and, and spitting that fire. My man Namdi's like, yo, Rico, I like this dude. Listen, I like him too. I try to bring on people that are entertaining and they know their team and they got passion for the team. And sometimes it's not about all the X's and O's, man. It's just like us. We are fans of the team and we want someone to talk passion. And that's what I'm trying to bring to the Rico Report. Shout out to my man, Rio, coming through. Now, we, we're going to go from Ty, 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 Taylor Heineke to Sam Howell. <laughs> oh, now, what is it about Sam Howell that's got you going, ow? You just pause. So what is it about my man, Sam Howell, that's got y'all, that's got you howling at the moon right now. Like, what's going on, fam? Oh, yeah. For one, all pun intended, he has a howlitzer for a right arm. He has an absolute cannon, a gun. We're we're packing heavy artillery when it comes to the quarterback position now, you know? And unlike Carson Wentz, who had a big arm with no control over it, he was kind of just pissing the ball all over the field at times. I used to always joke that Carson used to try to throw the ball to God during the game, bro. Like, he would throw the ball to the clouds, bro. He would try to throw it to the nosebleeds. Sam has control. He's poised. He's even kill and i loved him in unc and people like to try to forget it because he was drafted 144th overall this guy was before the season started was supposed to be a top five pick in that draft that year and i think he was the product of the stench of a bad qb class and he fit right into the midst of that and he like i told you on our show yesterday 
He wasn't able to lean on genetic lottery like guys like Anthony Richardson. He didn't get to lean on 6'5", 230, running a 4'4", and stuff like that. But he has a cannon, but he's a six-foot quarterback. People just look at him and say Baker Mayfield because he's six-foot, he's stocky, and he has a big arm. But I like the guy, and I feel like he has a much higher floor than the rest of the guys in his draft class coming out. And the ceiling, we're trying to figure out what that ceiling could be. He His, his good stuff looks top level, next level elite. Like the ball placement, the velocity, and the maneuvering in the pocket. He holds the ball a little bit too long sometimes, but the good looks fantastic and it's mesmerizing. And after three starts, I'm very, very confident in this kid, man, especially with the OC that we have now. Six foot, four, four, nine, 40. I oh, that 40 is a lie, too. That 40 is the he had to have woken up and ate some bullshit that day because there's no <laughs> way. He, you know how all white quarterbacks, we like to say they're sneaky, athletic, deceptive. Yeah. He's actually like football fast. Like he can run. He ran for 900 yards his junior year in college. Listen, I I hate now because he is an athlete. Like, I don't care what anybody tells you. Be, when they looked at Josh Allen, like. We we talking about, and then when you see Josh Allen game speed, when you see Josh Allen truck your ass, and we see hey, Josh Allen, the way he held his hands, the way he held his hands in his forty, I'll never forget the way his hands was flapping around. Like, you running like Moe's from the office, man. Just, just, just yeah. but but on the real though, but we we gonna stick on say hell because you're you're you were just talking, you're saying I don't want to say greasy, but you were kind of talking kind of you know funny on my man Heineke. But, like, we've yes, only seen yes. two games from mm-hmm. Sam Howell. I mean, there's not much yep. tape on Sam Howell. Once we know the tape on Sam Howell, it's, this is where you're going to find out whether you got it or you don't. Do you feel that he has it? Do you feel like there's yes. way more under his in his bag or, or is his bag limited? No, his, his bag isn't limited. And I can tell you in three starts, he showed me more than Heineke in 24 because yeah. he, he's made at least – Four throws in those first two games this year. And if you go back to the Dallas game, five or six throws that Taylor Heineke couldn't dream about, couldn't do on Madden, or couldn't even fathom the thought of his arm doing the things that Taylor, like that Sam could do. Like versus the Dallas game, his first start of his career, he hit Terry on a ball that went 65 yards in the air off a three step drop. Boom. Mm. Easy money. The throw he made to Terry versus Denver last week, that's the type of throw only guys like Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Trevor Lawrence are making, man. He's They're in quarters coverage, and he's hitting a skinny post across the top with a corner and safety lurking over the top. There was literally one place in the world that ball could have went, and it went there off ease, with relative ease. The arm talent is tantalizing. And he can move as well. I'm not putting a cap on him. Even they can get the tape out on him. He holds the ball too long, but he does quarterback things. I've seen quarterbacks come and go here. And a lot of quarterbacks, you could see it in practice. They didn't even put good days together. Carson Wentz barely had good days in practice. Taylor Heineke used to struggle in practice. Sam Howe actually looked the part during practice. The defense would beat up on him for the first couple days, but then he would hold his own for the rest of the camp, man. God rest his soul, Dwayne Haskins looked really bad in practice the whole time he was here. So, you usually can tell the traits and characteristics of a quarterback that has the stuff 
I like it. Now, listen, we're gonna we're gonna switch gears a little bit because I I, I love the confidence you have in your quarterback because I don't want to take away take away that you know what I'm saying that 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 surge you have about him. But I'm gonna keep it a buck with you because you know I'm I will that that how old sir that you're talking about that he got. But it takes a it takes it's like that it's like that, that old gun <laughs> back in the day where you gotta turn the gun upside down, put the powder in, <laughs> get 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 it back up, and by the time you're ready to shoot, it's a wrap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the load up, the load up is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? So, uh, I hope that he gets it together. I mean, there there have been guys that have had slow motions before when throwing the football, and they just do it. Like, I mean, the one guy that 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 comes to mind, and you think I'm gonna say uh, Florida boy? No, not even Philip Rivers. Uh, I'm gonna go um, Jaguars quarterback, um, Jaguar star, not Gerard, but um, Mark Brunel, Leftwich. Oh, Leftwich, Leftwich. He brings, he gives me Byron Leftwich vibes because Byron Leftwich could always get the ball up, but he had that motion that was kind of. It took a while to get there with Byron Leftwich, so it gives Howell gives me that vibe. Uh, but we'll see because you're playing up, a, you're playing a defense that's. I don't want to say that it's it's uh, leagues above the two teams you played before, but you're playing a top five, top ten defense. Uh, Indeed, I'm experienced on that, and uh, and it brings me to this point here, um, Coach Bienemy. Uh, was just uh, doing a presser the other day, and uh, they were asking him about one of the Bills. Milano. In Milano. Yeah, you saw that clip. So I'm gonna play the clip because some folks haven't seen it yet. So check this out. Eric Bieniemy was asked about Matt Milano, and listen to how he talked about Matt Milano. Well, first of all, love Mr. It. Milano, uh, uh, his his flowers. He is a beast. I am a fan of his. He's made uh, over the years we've played. I mean, I can't. I can't speak enough volume uh, for him because, first of all, he probably doesn't get the respect that he that he that he should. He flies all over. He makes a number of uh, number of tackles uh, throughout the course of the game. On top of that, he can cover, you know. And then in that scheme, he's just a key integral part in what they do. And you guys got to understand, I've known Les Frazier for well over half my life. I've known Sean McDermott for well over half my life. So I understand the position that that kid is playing and all the accountability that falls on his shoulders. So I'm a huge fan of Mr. Milano, and they need to give him his respect because he's just a hell of a player. I love what he brings to the table. He's a guy that plays hard. I mean, he he's a physical player in the run game. On top of that, he can cover. And then when it's 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 all said and done, when he's gonna find a way to make a play. Hell, I don't. You guys probably saw that damn interception he made last week, which it was unbelievable. It doesn't shock nor surprise me. If anybody was gonna do that, it was gonna be him. That that right there is high praise. First of all, let me just say, Airbnb. I don't know how people have been skipping out on this brother. And not giving him his opportunity because that's a damn shame. Bro. Shame on the NFL. He sounds like a head coach. He sounds like a head shame, coach, right? Shame on the NFL for passing over this guy because he didn't interview well. Man, just get this guy in the freaking in your in your in your house. Get him in your stadium, and he will change things. Like they've been bugging. So I I hope he does well. And if the the commanders know better, because he's already got you guys believing. He's like Dion right now. He's got the commanders believing right now. Don't let this brother walk away. Not, walk away. You got to make a decision. You make a decision and say, Ron, yo, here are your retirement papers, bro. Just sign this thing and call it a night. Call it a day or be a consultant because we 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 bringing this guy on because he will get snatched up after this. I'm going to tell you that right now. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. But I want to talk about the enemy. And 
what he's done so much with Sam Howell, but this offense altogether. What I thought about Gibson, I thought Gibson was done considering looking at what he did last year. I was like, oh, he, he's done. He's shot. But he's, he's, he's now like he's gotten his game back up. Brian Robertson, you know what I'm saying, doing what they do. That run game has has woken up in in this in this enemy offense. And then you got Terry McLaurin. That's the number one, obviously. And then you got Curtis Samuel. Uh, you have uh, Dotson. Dotson. You guys got a good plethora of players on the squad. Is it coming together, though? Is it coming together? Is there chemistry? Do you feel like it's still you're still working on it, or it has it has been coming together and it, it's it's a polished product? It's coming together, and, it, and it's going to take time. Everything's not going to be like the heater we went on after falling down 21-3 versus the Denver Broncos. You know, We're, We have a second-year quarterback who's learning his second offensive language in two years. He went from the Air Coriel system under Turner to a West Coast system. But this is a guy who played in a pro-style offense at North Carolina, so it's translatable for him to digest that language, though. But, you know, Rosetta Stone ain't easy. Learning two different languages in your first two years in the league, that's a transition. But they're coming along together. Bro, we didn't score 35 offensive points since toilet paper was not available in stores during the pandemic. The world was shut down the last time we produced 35 points of offense. So that'll tell you already off rip. They are coming. Like the, the offense is coming. What Dion said, they're coming. They're coming, they're coming. here in Washington too, man. And Eric. Eric, every time he steps in front of a microphone, I shake my head like the league should be ashamed of themselves. They should be ashamed of themselves when guys like Joe Judge was able to get a job. But Eric Bieniemy, more than qualified, has not gotten a job yet. Every time he steps in front of like we rolled out a whole ass red carpet for him and gave him a head coach like opening presser when we hired him. He had a 37 minute opening press conference with all of DC media. There were media members I hadn't seen come down to Ashburn Park in years there for Eric Bieniemy for an offensive coordinator. So, we brought out the bells and the whistles and Man, I every, the offense is unpredictable. Not only is he throwing the ball to Gibson and making him the utility back, they've made it a focal point to make Brian Robinson a pass catcher. We're throwing the ball to him like crazy. He caught a touchdown week one, and that was one of the major emphasis of the offense early on in camp, getting the ball to the backs in space in the passing game. The unpredictability, the pre-snap movement, and my favorite thing I've noticed about his offense is that the the route concepts and route designs are better. I don't see mesh concepts where the receivers are running into each other every other play. Scott Turner's offense, it was like one time, like it was a big cluster F of receivers running into each other. And that became a problem. And we were very predictable. I feel like with Eric Bieniemy, he's shown me he was with the ability to adjust in game and I love him. He's fiery. He's all business on the sideline. I can't wait to see how we look versus our real first litmus test of the season. We got a Super Bowl contender coming to town Sunday. I love it. Now, we're going to stay on the offensive side of the ball, then I'm going to switch it. Let's talk about that O-line, man. We got to talk about that O-line and and what what this O-line is bringing to the table in Washington. (laughs) From left tackle to right tackle. How you feel about the O-line? Who's stepping up? Who is a liability and you worry about? Let's talk about it. What, what's, the, what's, the, what's, what's going on with that commander's O-line? The commander's O-line, it's crazy because 
They're one of those people you have to go back to the All-22 for confirmation because upon first watch and in real time, it looks at times like they're awful. Like, it looks really bad. But honestly, I think the tackles haven't been really – they haven't played well at all. Wiley and Leno, they've been the weaker – of the bunch of the line that we have together now. The interior guys get busy though. Sadiq Charles, Nick Gates at center, and Sam Cosme at right guard, they get busy. And I wanted for years for us to be able to run a successful screen pass again. I remember the days of having Trent Williams and Brandon Sheriff running down the field for screen passes, and it used to be fantastic. We haven't been able to run a screen for years. Last week, we was getting busy in the screen game. The guards in the center look good. The tackles, though, like, I'm kind of glad Von Miller's not playing because that we would have a big problem on our hands. And with Greg Rousseau and them, we may have a problem on Sunday because they get beat off the ball. If you have a first step, you're getting past Leno and Andrew Wiley. And that so, could be a problem. I, I, and I, I, I'm glad I ended it this way on the offense side of the ball, because then I've got to I've got to bring you back to reality, Rio. Back to <laughs> reality. Back to life. Back to, back I gotta bring to back reality. Because, <laughs> because you were, I, I love the energy you bring in on the offensive side of the ball with Sam Howe, Eric Bionami, and the receivers, all that good stuff. The running game is, is coming back at it. But it all comes down to winning in the trenches. And right now, your trepidation is coming from the trenches. And yep. the strength of the Bills' defense is in the trenches. Um, and mm-hmm. this is where the games are won and lost. And I think this is where it's going to be. A, this is where you're going to find out Sam Howe is going to grow up. He's either going to grow. He's going to grow no matter what. Because he's going to grow in beating the Bills. And if he does, mm-hmm. kudos to him. That means you got something special. Or he's going to grow and learn because we're going to beat that ass. And he's going to be like, okay, I got to get rid of that. I got to get, I got to do this. I got to, because that defense is coming. We rotate our alignment and they're fresh and they're hungry. And right now, we only have what, two to three sacks this year where we need to be at way more. We need to be at way more. So we're, we're about, we're going to, we're about to find out um, if this O line can sustain the defensive front that's coming your way. Now, I want to flip the script now. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. The strength of your defense is in the front four. Let's talk about the front seven. Let's talk. Let's go front four first and then move all the way back to the backfield. So, De'Ron Payne, Chase Young, Sweat, Allen. Jonathan Allen. My gosh, talk about that. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a lineup, man. That's a lineup. And how are you guys feeling about this lineup? Are they living up to up to, are they living up to what you guys expected or are you still waiting for more from that defensive front? I think they're finally getting to the point where going five defensive front players in five years in a row in the NFL draft in the first round, it's finally starting to make sense. And yeah. the thing that's going to set this thing over the top is that we didn't pick up Chase Young's fifth-year option, so him and Sweat are both in a contract year. Jonathan Allen secured his bag two years ago. Deron Payne secured his bag six months ago. So they got theirs. With this money rising in the league, they're looking at the Nick Bosa contract like, I need some of that in my life, especially Montez. Montez is going to have double-digit sacks for the first time in his career. Payne had 11 and a half sacks last year. Jonathan Allen's actually the best player on the unit, though. Most people would know that. He's the heartbeat and captain of the team. He got the gold C on his chest for a reason. He does things that does not always 
get shown or reflected in the stat sheet. But a lot of good players will walk on that field on FedEx Field Sunday. But our defensive front is the best unit that will walk onto that field on Sunday on both sides of the ball. I don't think there's a unit at any position on either team that's messing with them front four boys we got down here on that front line. So your offensive line, they better be ready to go. Osiris Torres, like him, that's a young boy. He better be ready to put his big boy pants on on Sunday because we got some dogs up front. Listen, you're not wrong, man. Deron Payton is a dog. He's a handful to deal with. But, I mean, listen, Torrance, Torrance is coming into his own right now. And uh, we got an experience. We got, we got some experience on the line, right? We got Mitch Morris has been doing it for quite some time now. He's, what, 31, 32 years of age right now. And he just knows the game. Deion Dawkins, a pro bowler. You already know what it is with Deion. Then we got an improvement at left guard. And then we've got Spencer Brown that that's still working out the kinks. Um, but the same way that you have confidence in – your D front, I got confidence in my D front. And speaking of my defensive front, uh, my man Silas, my man Silas Widow, that's a that's a, that's a big. He's big on the spaces, man. If you ever have a chance, follow my man Silas Widow. He's he's got the he's got the spaces game on lock. But he comes in and says, "Yo, we got Greg Rousseau, Ed Oliver, Floyd. You got AJ Epinesa getting sacks that game. He, he he's calling. It. He says between that O line and how little Sammy holds on to the ball, this D line is gonna eat. And that's one thing you said." How does have a cannon, but he tends to hold on to the ball a little too long. He does. And McDermott is not one that's going to let you have time to process. Mm -hmm. So you, he better process quickly. This is why I said this game is going to be, it's going to be a learning. It's going to be an L no matter what. It's a he's going to learn and take a loss, or he's going to learn and live. You know what I mean? To play another week next week. You know what I mean? I just made yeah. that up on the dome right now. So yeah, baptism uh, by know, fire. Baptism by fire. Let's get it. That's it. Baptism by fire. So that's exactly what's going to happen. So defensive front, I know you're confident. Let's talk about the back, the back linebackers, and the DBs. Let's talk about who you. I don't even know who your linebacker. Who you? Who your linebackers at? <laughs> you don't know who our linebackers are because you should not know about our linebackers, man. <laughs> I like to famously say Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera. They were linebackers, so they completely act like the position does not exist because they've like. It's malfeasance at times the way they've neglected this position. But Cody Barton was the linebacker we brought in to start at Mike next to Jamin Davis, the first-round pick from 2021. Jamin is finally starting to hit his stride like and look Jamie. solid. I remember yep, yeah, I like Jamin. That's all we got at the linebacker position because Cody Barton stinks through two weeks, and he looks lost. He's getting washed out of the game in run defense, and he cannot cover anything. Like Jason Witten can come out of the booth and play and he wouldn't be able to guard him today. So linebacker wise, Jamin, it's Jamin or bust, but the secondary, we got some dogs in that group that we, we can hop over to that side. <laughs> <laughs> let's hop over to the DB side. So you got, uh, let's talk about, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you intro your guys, man, from your corners to your safeties. Talk about it. And your nickel. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hopefully, Josh Allen gets introduced to the Forbes list on Sunday. Emmanuel Forbes, our first-round cornerback, the Slim Reaper, the praying mantis, as I call him. He's the skinniest football player I've ever seen, bro. That man got crackhead legs, but he can ball. And he has some of the best recovery speed I've ever seen. But he's a gambler. And he takes chances, and he gets beat sometimes. He got beat badly by Marvin Mims a couple times early last week, but he caught his first career interception. He should already have three because he's dropped a couple, one 
was the Hail Mary that I don't even want to talk about, but he went for the pick instead of the knockdown, and he dropped it, knocked it right into the, the receiver's hands. But him, what Kendall Fuller. That's selfishness, man. Selfish. You're trying to get your, you're trying to pad your stats. That was that was there was no reason. That <laughs> yeah, man, that was ridiculous. That's that crazy ridiculous. that Sean Payton. Sean Payton has now completed two Hail Marys on Washington since Ron was the coach here because he did it to us again in 2021 with Jameis Winston when he was the Saints coach. But Kendall Fuller, KG veteran. I call him the oldest 28-year-old in the league. It feels like he's been in the league for 15 years. He's only 28 years old. He's been in the league for seven years. He feels like he's been – he's spent like he's been in there for two decades. KG veteran. He doesn't catch picks till after Halloween, but he's always in good coverage. He's all around solid. He's the veteran leader in that room. Benjamin St. Juice is the long, way too handsy corner, but he's a dog. Debatable whether it was pass interference on that two-point conversion versus Denver. Benjamin he's St. a very – Canadian out of Montreal. I know exactly who that is. Yep, that boy. Yep, out of Montreal, Canada, man. That's but right. fashionista type dude, That's man. Right. I like him. But our safety duo, Cam Curl, heartbeat of the defense, went from a seventh round pick to one of the focal points of our defense. And Derek Forrest, we call him Gotcha, out of Cincinnati. He looked lost like he was going to be a special teams player as a rookie. Second year, he comes in and goes crazy. Four picks, almost 100 tackles, and he became the primary playmaker on the defensive side of the ball. Love the secondary. Love the front four. The linebacker core is where we're susceptible. So a guy like Dalton Kincaid, he may have his first welcome to the NFL. I'm here day on us because we do not cover tight ends. Well, I, I, I've been I've been preaching it to Bills Mafia for a while. I'm like, and I'm like, Kincaid. There's going to be a Kincaid game. I'm not sure when, but it's gonna come soon because it's gonna be a day where the defense focuses on Stefan Diggs and says, "I'm taking you out of the game. I'm double, triple teaming you. We're not letting you do what you do." So this is where Kincaid comes in. He's gonna have a game. If you talk about Barton and you talk about Jamin Davis, can't they can't handle that? I mean, we got a plethora of players on the offensive side because this is more. The, I, I want Bills fans to know what they're going up against with, with the commanders because I can see him talk about what we got. We already know what we got. But it's more so yeah. to what you got on the defensive side of the ball. Now, Emmanuel Forbes, is he? would you say he's your number one corner on the squad right now? Is he your CB1? Snaps-wise, at the moment, he's not. But he's, he's definitely the number one corner. But snap-wise, it's fuller right now. Is Fuller. All right. So and I, the reason I asked, that, I'm like, who's whose responsibility is it going to be to cover Stefan Diggs? That that's what I'm trying to figure out because I don't know. Oh, it's gonna be Fuller. Forbes. I would put Forbes, I'd put Forbes out there, but it's gonna be Fuller. It's gonna be Fuller. So uh you, you were talking about how skinny he's the skinniest guy. I don't know, man. I don't know if anybody can be can beat Todd Pinkston. Todd Pinkston, I think, was one of the skinniest cats that I've ever seen rock an NFL uniform. Hell if you yeah. guys remember, go look up Billy, Todd yeah. Pinkston. How skinny that brother was, but anyway, um, I'm looking at your, I'm, I'm listening to your defensive front, and I, I love it. But if they don't get home to Josh Allen, R.I.P. to the secondary, R.I.P. to the linebacking core, because like you said, Josh, I gotta play a clip. This is apropos because I gotta play a clip, and uh, this, this, this will say everything that I need to hear. Check this out. Honest to God, I didn't see any reaction. I didn't look at anything. I didn't turn on TVs. I didn't, you know, I was just. The thing is with this game, man, it gives you the lowest lows. It gives you the highest highs. But I I love feeling how I felt last week. I really do. Because um, it makes the good feel that much better. 
You know, it forces us to be better, and I want to be the best I can be playing this game and being the best quarterback I can be for this Buffalo Bills. So I take the bad with the good. I understand it, um, and I'm just trying to let it, let it fuel me and use it to, to my benefit. I bring this clip up because he says it's, he felt so good about his game plan last week. You know what his game plan last week? I don't want to call it dink and dunk per se, but it wasn't the, 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 the Josh Allen that we once knew that would air it out every chance he got and give you 400 yards passing. This was a methodical take what the defense gives you, dink and dunk, if you will, if you want to use that, that terminology. And brother was 25 yards from having a 300 yard game and it was effortless. And if you tell me Barton, whoever he is, is going to be in coverage, fam, <laughs> it's a wrap. It's a wrap. I, 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 I gave you the benefit of the doubt by saying maybe 35 points. I, sh- I might make it a 40 burger now. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, we ain't doing all that. We, we're not doing all that. But I, I will say, if you put Dalton Kincaid on a choice route all day long, we might be we might be in a world of trouble, bro. <laughs> you're already in a world of trouble when you're facing the Bills. But now it's just about where we decide to attack, right? So that's what it's going to So at the end of the day, though, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to this because what evens the playing field, obviously, we talked about this last night, was is the weather. Weather. Yes. The going to play a big factor in this because it's, it's weather. It's, it can go either or. So mm. the real question is whose offensive line is going to, I mean, which trench is going to have the dominance? Is it going to be the defensive side from the Washington Commanders that's going to overwhelm the offensive side of the offensive line of the Bills? Or is it going to be the, the other side? Is it the Bills that's, that's going to be way too much for the Commanders? Now, the run game. We brought in Damon Harris for these reasons where you and where you and I'm not even talking about James Cook right now because James Cook had an excellent game last week. But my goodness, when I tell you it's going to be this is what we've been waiting for as Bills fans, where we have a back that can secure the ball and just pound that rock all day long. It is going to be one of those games where it might be nasty, but we're about to find out which trench is going to dominate and which Packers are going to have a game. And I'm a, I'm sorry, I got to say it. The Bills just have the better side of that. They, they got the be- they got the better coin. That, that, that flip of the coin, it goes to the Bills side. So nonetheless, it's a crapshoot, but weather always plays a factor. But even in the weather, good teams have to prevail. And in this case, the Bills will be the better team. And it's just what it's going to be. So before I let you go, brother, we got we got a few things we got to talk about because I need to know who worries you when you look at this Bills team? And obviously Josh Allen and you, whether you know the offenses, like the, the roster well, I don't know whether you do or not, but when you look at the Bills and you the perception that you've been watching these Bills for the last three years, what what scares you about these Bills coming into this game? As a Commanders fan, if you're going to keep it a bucket, you keep it real, what scares you about looking at this team, whether it's offense or defense? What is it that stands out? I'll say number one, it's the quarterback as sporadic as Josh Allen's play could be like he could show up and give you 506 touchdowns or he could show up and throw five interceptions and look like what the hell is this guy even doing on this level like the good the good the good is so great and so special that it's terrifying for defense because that type of talent is so infectious that literally 
that like you can have a great defense and it doesn't mean anything when you're playing against a guy that capable, especially with a receiver like Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs has always cooked us. He's cooked us ever since he was a Minnesota Viking. He's a D.C. boy. He's a D.C. native. He's from the area. He shows out when he comes back home. It's like homecoming week in high school every time he comes down there. So your quarterback, number one. Number two, your secondary. Your secondary is crazy. I know y'all got a couple all pros in that unit. Y'all secondary is really good. We have a young quarterback, and the weather might be ugly. So and we have a fearless quarterback, meaning he's going to take his chances and test your guys. So if your guys are good, y'all going to y'all going to get some chances because our quarterback's going to let it fly. He's fearless. So your secondary is number two. And number three, I want to say coaching, but no, I'll just go back to your tight ends because our linebacker room still frightens me. It frightens me. But I feel like our running back and our defensive line will help even the score if it gets ugly and it becomes a monsoon out there. Because I'm taking Brian Robinson over everything y'all got in y'all running back room. I'm shocked. Did, I'm did taking you, Brian Robinson. Are you, are, you are you saying that with your chest or is it tongue-in-cheek? With my whole chest, Brian Robinson Jr., healthy Brian Robinson Jr., not gunshot victim Brian Robinson Jr. The legs are back under him. He's lean. He's a tank. And he's he, he gave Denver the nasty last week, 127 total yards, a couple touchdowns. And he showed vision that I had not seen yet since he's been on this team. If it gets ugly out – I feel like there may be some di some business decisions being made when he comes flying through them holes. What what would you, would you say? Where would you say Josh Jacobs ranks in in running backs in the league? Would you say top Josh five? Jacobs? Oh, easily, he's top five, top, top five, five right? top six, yeah, top five, top six, give or take. Last week, um, let me look at my stats because I mean the numbers were crazy. Let me just was was Eric was Eric the enemy dialing up those hold plays on, for on, Vegas? <laughs> let me just go minus negative two yards rushing. Fam, we're going to bottle up whatever the hell y'all got back there. We're going to make Sam Howell do what Sam Howell does. And whatever that is, we're about to find out. And like you said, and now, now I didn't want to talk about the Bills, but I, I mean, you forced me to talk about the Bills now. Let's talk about he's it. Right. He's hungry, boy. He He's he's waiting to reintroduce himself to the NFL and say, yo, don't forget about me. I'm still here. I may have torn my knee up, you know what I'm saying, a couple years ago, but I'm back now. Stop playing with me. You got a young boy in Christian Bedford that's still trying to make a name for himself, right? He beat out, you know what I'm saying, Dane Jackson. He beat out the former first-rounder in Kyrie Elam. We don't know what's going on with Kyrie Elam right now. And then you got two all-pro safeties back there. Fam. Mm -hmm. Sam Howell, you you better turn that gun up. You, you, you know what I'm saying? You better take your shot and take yourself wisely because you make the one wrong attempt and that one pick turns into two. Turn into three. We're going to turn you into Nate Peterman. We don't want to do that to you because that's my guy. But we might turn Sam Howell into Nate Peterman. So wisely run the football. But if you can't. Nah, we, we, nah, we ain't doing no Nate Peterman. Nah, ain't, ain't going to be no Nate Peterman stuff happening at FedEx Field on Sunday. Follow that thing up. I'm going to tell you right now. I got two super chats coming in from my man Silas Whittle. Silas comes in and says, hey, man, that defense will give up rushing yards if we go off tackle and seal their defensive ends. High Gabe, high transfer field. And Mr. Dawson Knox. I mean, we got we got to play. This team is built to win. And people, I mean, Bills fans know, but a lot of teams don't know. We're we're a very complete roster. I'm gonna keep it going because my man Silas came back and says, "Yo, tell him to tuck his chest because their RBs are not running against our defense." Man, tuck your chest back in. He says your chest is too out. 
He says, yo, poke a hole and just come back down. I'm peacocking. I'm, I'm, I'm peacocking over here right now, bro. I'm peacocking. That's peacocking fully right out. Now. Fully <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what's up. But listen, man, before we get out of here, we got to talk about it because I don't know if you're, you're, you've changed your mind on, on score predictions. Sometimes score predictions do change. Sometimes there's an epiphany that comes in and says, you know what? I'm a, I'm a double down or I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pull my chips back because maybe I was a little, a little too much uh, onto it. Now, before I'm going to let you marinate on that because I got one last one because every, everybody has uh, uh, an all eyes on, right? And your eyes are going to be on somebody, whether it's somebody on your squad that you're, I need this guy to step his game up or, yo, I'm watching for this guy on the bills because, yo, this guy's going to be a prom. Who is it that you or commanders fans and in the in you know what I mean in the blog sphere in the social media platforms I've been talking about when it comes to this Bills squad, all eyes on who is it the Bills? You know what I'm gonna put a double down, all eyes on who on your squad and all eyes on who on the Bills. Go ahead. Okay, I'll start with all eyes on us because all eyes should be on us because we're the ones who have something to prove on Sunday. We know who you guys are. You guys will be playing significant and meaningful football in January, late January, hopefully going into February. We know who you guys are. We're the team trying to show that our first two wins were not fraudulent. We're the team trying to show that now that the Daniel Snyder, the dweeb is gone, we are a real business and we are here to compete and to contend on an annual basis. All my eyes are on starting tight end this week cole turner second year player out of nevada logan thomas is out with a concussion after that dirty hit that kareem jackson did two weeks of dirty hits for that guy to start the season our starting tight ends out but a lot of us in the fan base, we didn't want to see it happen to injury, but we wanted to see Cole Turner get the majority of the snaps. He built a rapport with Sam Howe last year and this year. They came in in the same rookie class. In the preseason, he was Howe's number one target in the snaps that he did play. And in training camp, he was having his way. So tight end Cole Turner, if we can get something, any type of production from the tight end position, we may be on and cracking because we know what our receivers do, and I think A.B. can scheme up a run game. If we can get something out of the tight ends, we're really going crazy. We nine guys with at least two catches last year. We haven't done that in like 50 years. But all eyes on, on the Buffalo Bills, it's got to be Dalton Kincaid. This is a guy I wanted in the draft because our fans, they have a love fest for players. They, they fall in love with guys like Logan Thomas who are team captains, but – there's a ceiling and there's a cap to him. I wanted Dalton Kincaid because I loved him in college. Former basketball player that always translates as a tight end on the next level. He's a pure passer. Didn't want a tight end that blocks. I wanted a pure dynamic pass catching tight end. And with the play of our linebackers, Dalton Kincaid, I'm starting him in fantasy this week. I'm starting him in fantasy this week because a tight end is a quarterback's best friend. And he's definitely getting Dawson Knox out the paint at some point. And what, what better to do it than early in the season when you get a chance if Dawson Knox might not play Sunday. Dalton Kincaid, I have my eyes on you because I do want you to thrive in this league. Not versus us, but I see the ascension coming at some point. My favorite tight end in this class by a mile. I wanted him to be a commander. Bold prediction. You got one bold prediction bold. to make in this game. Bold prediction. Bold. All right, bold prediction for this game. Can I make a can I make a rainy bold prediction in a no, make a rainy <laughs> bold prediction because we don't know what's happening. So whatever is on your heart right now, your bold prediction right now. 
Sam Howell, three touchdowns and 300 yards on Sunday. With my whole chest. Hold on. I want you to repeat that one more time for me, please. Samuel Howe, first of his name, <laughs> 300 yards and three touchdowns coming out party to the world on Sunday because for some reason the rain stopped before game time, so we airing that thing out. 303 tutties. Give it to me. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first, man. So with that being said, this is where you got to come in. I gave you time. So I'm ready. I mean, okay. you just got 21 points. You might as well keep adding because if you're rolling, you're rolling 300 yards. I mean, the run game is doing what it's supposed to do. So what's the score prediction? All right. If 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 weather permits 28 to 27, Washington Commanders, one point victory game winning drive to seal the game and a game where momentum is fluctuating throughout the duration of the game if it rains and it gets ugly 21 20 washington i'm picking my boys because <laughs> since sam Howell has started we've won all three games since josh harris got here we ain't lost yet undefeated never lost word to lavar ball preseason regular season until i see it a loss ain't happening. This may be the week where Humble Pie kicks in and I say, you know what? We are back to the drawing board. We got a lot to prove, but I'm drinking all the mojo, all the Kool-Aid of the new era of Washington football. We are going to put the world on notice with a victory over the Josh Allen-led Buffalo Bills. And I think turnover Joshy shows up to FedEx on Sunday. Damn. You know what, though? People are laughing right now, but that's that's how we as Bills fans felt every time when we weren't very good. We Please laugh. That this is the game that we come out and we break out in this. So, Bills fans, we can't be hating on Rio. That's his squad. His squad is up 2-0 right now. He's feeling mad confident. And it takes the big brother of the NFL to come in and say, hey, little bro, sit your ass down. Welcome to reality. Go back to the NFC East. And deal with them cats because we're about to put you on blast in front of everybody and make you look like fraud, frauds. However, this is the NFL. Anything can happen. So this is why I'm looking forward to it. Rio, it is always a pleasure. We got to do this again, obviously. And uh, we go, yes, we go top it up, obviously, during, during the season. And uh, it's always great, man. So listen, man, plug your stuff right now. This is your opportunity to plug it so everybody knows where to find you, where to follow you, all that good stuff. This is your opportunity to go. Go ahead, bro. Yes, sir. To see all the commanders curated vibrations on my channel, Rio Robinson on YouTube shows called Rambling with Rio, where we ramble about Washington from a raw, unfiltered and objective point of view of a fan, a fanalist, if you will. Rio underscore Robinson 91 on all social media. I'm a Washington fan, but I like to kick it with everybody. Me and Rico, we've collabed a few times going back to when I started YouTube a couple years ago. We're just brothers that love this game, and we love our teams, and we can talk and do this all day long. Appreciate y'all in the chat. I know I sound crazy to y'all right now. That optimism Kool-Aid is hitting different on a Friday night when you're 2-0 for the first time in 12 years. We may get humble. Y'all may 40-17 to 17 us on Sunday, but until I see it, I won't believe it, baby. Let's hey, go. And that's the way you end the show. Listen, folks, go ahead and follow my guy. Honestly, man, he's a good follow, and he's he does great things, man. He's at Washington Commanders Camp, training camp. He's vlogging. Like, dude is on the come up, man. So I'm proud of you, man. Honestly, keep that keep that stuff up. Obviously, we're going to chop it up. And one of these days, man, um, is going to be Bill's 
at Washington. Maybe it's going to be a Super Bowl. Bills watch the Super Bowl. We might be hitting that together. You never know. You never know. Man. Hey, hey that would be fire. Yeah, that'd be fire, man. I appreciate you, man. We'll talk. We'll definitely keep in touch. Have a good night, my man. Yes, sir. Let's yes, get it, man. Sir. See y'all Sunday. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, that's my man, Rio. Listen, man. Y'all may think he's delusional. Y'all may y'all can do all the stuff you want to talk, but when y'all you you guys know how it is, man. When you love your squad, when you love your team, it got you talking crazy. It does. How many times were we sitting here talking about how great? I mean, we thought that even though we knew the Bills didn't have what we needed, like we had Tyrod Taylor before that. I mean, listen, do I have to go through the litany of quarterbacks that we've had? You know what I'm saying? And where we always thought we got a chance, right? We put up, we beat the we beat the Patriots in a barn burner with Fitzpatrick. We're like, let's pay that brother $59 million. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there were times where we were just getting, we were just acting crazy because we love our squad. And that's what it is, man. Listen, since Jim Kelly, let me just, let me just remind you what we've had since Jim Kelly. Todd Collins, Alex Van Pelt, Doug Flutie, Rob Johnson, right? Then we went Drew Bledsoe after the Rob Johnson, you know what I'm saying, Alex Van Pelt fiasco. Alex Van Pelt? Come on now. Drew Bledsoe. Then we went to J.P. Lossman, then Kelly Holcomb. Then we went to Trent Edwards. From Trent Edwards, we went to J.P. again. And then from J- Lossman, we went to Ryan Fitzpatrick. From Fitzpatrick, we had Brian Brom, for crying out loud. <laughs> then we had E.J. Manuel. Then we had Thad Lewis. You know what I'm saying? I, I actually like Thad Lewis. But anyway, Thad Lewis. Then we have Jeff the Toolman, Toolman Taylor. I mean, we had Jeff Tool. Then we went to Kyle Orton, for crying out loud. You know what I'm saying? Then Matt Castle. Then from Matt Castle to Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor to Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman to now Josh Allen. And we've been, we haven't looked back. Listen, we even had Matt Barkley in between. We've had Derek Anderson. You know what I'm saying? But it's been Josh Allen going forward. So we've had our time. And every, in that moment, we got ourselves a quarterback. I'm excited. EJ Manuel just, just won the game with the last-minute drive to beat the Panthers. Like, fam, you can't, you can't, we can't be upset because we were once that franchise that we all were, like, drinking the Kool-Aid. No matter what, we knew we were getting – we beat the Patriots. We blanked them. What, it was like 35 nothing. This is it. We got it. This is the year. We do it all the time. We did it all the time. So we can't get mad at my man Rio because he's he's loving his squad. He's been watching his dude. You heard him. 36 starting quarterbacks <laughs> since, since this brother's been doing it. Like you gotta respect. Like, listen, like my man Jeff King just said, man, you have to respect the man's dedication. Respect the man for his dedication to the squad. You got to. And when you're creating content, when you're creating content for a team that doesn't win, it's tough, man, because you got to go day in, day out, talk about what they didn't do what we need. I mean, this was us not too long ago, right? We were talking about like this. And, and when I, when we started this YouTube by Buffalo fanatics, it was 2013 EJ manual vibes. Right. And we were just, we were just getting coming on and getting better. Right. And we've got, we had the highs and the lows and the missing the playoffs and all that stuff. Right. But we kept on coming back and talking about how great these bills can be. Right. And then it happened. We got a competent owner. We got a competent head coach. We got a competent GM. And now things are starting to roll. And we've been a success ever since. Now, we just can't get over the hump because we got to get over the hump. But until we get over the hump, we're always going to be in contention. 
we're always being contentious. My man, <laughs> my, Brian, Brian Bowers is like, yo, I respect his dedication 100%, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to laugh my ass off at a delusional thinking that he's going to win. But listen, man, is the, the thing that keeps him in it and, and, and his, his words valid because we don't know what the weather's going to be like. And weather plays a nasty game. Weather plays a nasty game. We all know it. And it's, uh, it's always been that way. So until, I mean, so we fix the issues, you know what I'm saying, and, and learn how to play in adverse weather, because the last adverse weather that we had, uh, we didn't play well. And we didn't fare well, and that was against the Bengals. But then everybody wants to talk about all the things that played a factor in it. We didn't play well. So that's what it comes down to. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. By the way, I got a super chat coming from our guy, Jeffrey King. What's up, Jeff? Been a minute, bro. I hope everything is good. He says, look, I love Diggs, but he and every everybody else better understand. When his touches are there, fine. When they are not, they're not. Last week showed the ball needs to be distributed throughout. That's it. Balance the offense is key for team success. And Jeff, let me let me stay on that because balance is everything. Too much of one thing at the beginning is great. You know what I'm saying? But too much of it grows stale. Too much of it that becomes a pattern. And then you're like, okay, well, then now that I've figured out this pattern, what now? And when you rely too much on one thing, it now becomes too difficult to try something else. Because you're so used to doing what you've been doing so much. So it's good for Josh Allen to get this down early. So now he knows how to, when, they're, when they do take away Stefan Diggs, you're able to hit all your other weapons. And where this has to work is where when Stefan Diggs doesn't get his touches as the number one receiver, we don't hear boo-hoo-hoo. We don't hear... You know what I'm saying? Like A.J. Brown saying, yo, why am I getting out the ball when the team is up like 30, 30 to something, 30 to 15? You're not throwing me the football. And you're not doing this. And coach had to come in and say, yo, calm your black ass down. You know what I'm saying? We win the football game. You'll get yours. Today is not the day. And I think, I'd love to think that Stefan Diggs is savvy enough, mature enough to know that it ain't always going to come my way. But they also understand that you got to come my way because I am the number one receiver on this team. And when you come my way, good things happen. But this is up to Josh. Josh has to know when it's time to go to him and when to get the other guys involved. Because I'm going to tell you, I said it, I said it once, I'm going to say it again. The leading receiver last week was Gabriel Davis. Six receptions, 92 yards, and a touchdown. When Gabe Davis is involved in the offense, it's dangerous for everyone. It is going to be very difficult for a team to slow this team down. Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, and you, you get Dalton Kincaid involved. It is highly difficult to stop that offense. And I didn't even mention the run game that seems to be brewing in the backfield. This is a wonderful thing. So we have to keep it up. So when Jeff says, you got you got Diggs has just got to realize that sometimes it may not be his day. Eight out of ten times it's gonna be his day, but two or three times it's gonna be somebody else's time. So you're just gonna have to go with the motion. And I totally agree with that, Jeff. I appreciate that, and I appreciate the super chat. Obviously, you know that, but that's a great point, and that's what it's got to keep up. 
I got another super chat coming in from my man Sajello. What's up, C Jello? He says, Yo, how do you feel about the name change to the commanders? Um, I don't mind it, honestly. The, the commanders is uh the commanders is actually a dope name. I don't mind it. I mean, you get used to you get used to saying the commanders enough times where you just you, you just go by it. But see, I it's hard. It, it was very difficult for me because when I grew up playing for you Americans, it's called Pop Warner, Pop Warner football, I guess. Um, but like when I grew up playing for us, it was called Tyke. Then you went to Mosquito. Then Mosquito goes to Bantam. Bantam goes to Midget, and then Midget goes to you. I mean, if you want to play, um, what do you call uh, Semi Pro? Uh, and I played my last year. I played a little bit of Semi Pro, and that was it. But when I played all through Mis- Tyke, sorry, I never played Tyke, but Mosquito, Bantam, Midget, we were called the Nepean Redskins. That's all I knew. So like, when these guys were like, there was an NFL team called the Redskins. I was like, oh cool, this is the same name we got because the the league, the teams around the the I guess the league, they all had t- like the names of you know certain NFL teams. Some some did and some did. I mean, we had the Warriors, we had the Knights, and and then we had the Redskins, and we had the Raiders, and we had all that stuff, right? But anyway. That being said, it was tough for me to, to make that transition. But like, it is cool. Now I would have it would have been cool to call them the Red. I think Red Wolves was one of the one of the uh, the the names in contention to be you know, I mean part of uh, Washington's team. I even got used to calling them the Washington Football Team. Truth be told, when they were like, "Yeah, we don't know, we don't have a name yet," so Washington Football Team. I actually, it rang. It actually rang. And then they went with Commanders, and Commanders is actually pretty cool too, right? So um, it is cool, man. I mean, Anytime that you got to get used to saying something, you just got to say it enough times where it's like it's over and done with, right? Back in the day, I mean, not to get all all weird and stuff, but like when we used to use the, I mean, the F word. I mean, I'm not going to say it because, you know, some people get you know, offended and stuff like that. But like in the 90s, you didn't mean anything by it, but you'd say, oh, man, you, I mean, this guy's a an F. You you don't do that no more because it's like, yo, so it's offensive. You can't be doing that. Yada, yada, yada. You know what I'm saying? Some people still use it to this day. And then when you hear it, you're like, oof, it's cringy. <laughs> you feel me? But like, you get used to it. You don't say it enough times or you say something new enough times where it works out. But uh, <laughs> I appreciate the Super Chat question, my guy. And uh, we'll go from there. So, uh, folks, before I get out of here, though, before I get out of here, uh, I do, I do want to talk about this upcoming game. Because if it's going to be a monsoon, if it's going to be a game where Listen, man, it's gonna be rain. It's gonna be it's gonna be nasty. Fam, run the ball. We already know we can run the ball. We saw it last week. And it was great weather to do it. This is the time to do it now. Get your dogs in order. Get your get your dogs ready. And it's gonna be a battle. And you gotta battle it up. That's what that's that's exactly what it's gonna come down to. So um I think this is where we're going to find out how good this O-line can be, especially in the run, because this is where this is a game where Josh can now depend on the running backs. And this is a game where Spencer Brown, that struggles in pass blocking, can do what he does best in run block. Go up there and find somebody and put him on his ass. Osiris Torrance, same, right? McGovern, Deion Dawkins. Same. So this is where you guys got to do what you do. And we established the run. We'll throw the football a couple of times here and there, but it may not be one of those games that is suited for throwing the football. But we know Josh, and Josh don't give a damn. Do you remember the game against the, what is it called, the Patriots, where it was windy as ever? We were throwing the rock regardless. So it come, it's going to come down to 
uh, offensive coordinators coming in and establishing their game plan. Eric B. Enemy is a very good coach. He's going to have his boys ready. And he's got experience against the Buffalo Bills defense. Whether it's Leslie Frazier or whether it's Sean McDermott. He said it himself. I've been around these guys for a long time. Damn near half my life. So I know what they do. I know their traits. I was just with the Super Bowl winning Chiefs for crying out loud. So we know these Buffalo Bills very well. But what he also doesn't realize, or I'm sure he does, is that the Bills built this team. Let's be, let's keep it a buck. The Bills built this team for the Kansas City Chiefs. They built them for them for that reason, bringing in Von Miller, getting, you know, shoring up the nickel, the nickel corner in Teron Johnson, right? Um, and and bolstering that defensive front is to get after Josh, excuse me, get after Pat Mahomes and allow him to try to make a mistake somewhere. So why do you think we moved on from from Tredavian, excuse me, from uh from Edmonds, Tremaine Edmonds, and kept the the better the better linebacker in in coverage, right? Not saying that Tremaine Edmonds was a scrub, but the better one remains. And that is Mr. Milano. And you saw the high praise that he was giving Milano. So this is going to be a battle of the minds. It's going to be who, who can come in and really do it. And don't forget, man, like that's a good defense over there with Washington. Actually, I'm, I'm lying. I, I'm trying to give him some. <laughs> I couldn't even keep a straight face. It's, it's a decent defense. We're about to expose them. And if the weather just clears up just a little bit, it's a wrap. We should win this game convincingly. And we should remind you know what I'm saying? Little Sammy, that this is the NFL, baby. You're not playing Sean Payton and, and, and them boys in Denver. You know what I'm saying? So this is the Buffalo Bills. We're in contention, and we're about to show you what's really good. At the end of the day, that's what that's what it comes down to. Uh, I got a super chat coming in real quick. Give me a second here. I see you, my man. Uh, super chat coming in from my man, PVC. What's up, my man? He goes, uh, so Bernard retired Kirksey. <laughs> He's that good. Uh, well, let me leave that up there. So Terrell Bernard, the last couple of games based on, and I, I've, I've watched the games back to see, okay, so is he out of place? Is he that bad? He's really not that bad when you, and it's always so good to watch the film again. Does he get washed out sometimes? Yes. Is he undersized? Yes. But for the most part, he's in the right place, right time. And he's instinctual. You got to be in the right place at the right time. Even though you have a small size and stature, if you're right where you're supposed to be, you know you're a football player. You do what you're supposed to do. But as for Kirksey, though, I think Kirksey was expecting to come in and play right off the bat. And when he realized, Yo, I'm going to be on this practice squad in a minute. And now if I'm on this practice squad, I'm already getting myself comfortable being you know I mean, on this team. I could get snatched up at any moment. So I'm in Buffalo now. All of a sudden, the Minnesota Vikings can call and say they want me on their squad. The Arizona Cardinals can call me and say they want me back to be with them. I ain't trying to travel like that. I'm not trying to move. And then, you know what I mean? I'm looking at my career and I'm looking at what I've done. I ain't doing this, man. I ain't doing this. So I can understand why he was like, I'm out. Now, does Terrell Bernard's ascension, I suppose, make a difference? Does, does his, his ascension made made Kirksey kind of think twice? I think so. Because I think Kirksey had the, I guess the, I guess the, I guess he anticipated that he was going to come in a couple weeks on the practice squad and I'm going to be in. Let's call it, call it a day. And they probably said, Hey man, it ain't going to be easy like that. You're going to have to chill out. And I think that's exactly what's, what's happening at this point. So here we are, man. Kirksey's gone. So now we're, we're sitting here 
with one less practice squad member. So we're probably going to be looking for somewhere, someone to fill that need, whether it becomes, you know what I'm saying, uh, another linebacker somewhere. We'll see. I mean, you know, Brian Barrett, Brian, you tell me Brian Barrett, you know, Brandon Bean is about to, to show out. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out, man. Uh, shout out to my man, Brian Barrett says, yo, I'm out. I'll see y'all at the, on the Kingpins live stream. Uh, Brian, peace out, brother. I appreciate you, brother. Um, but yeah, man, that's what that's where we stand at this point, guys. That's where we that's where we we stand, and uh, I think we'll be just fine, and uh, we'll go from there, man. Uh, I got Ronald Riggler. Um, what's up, Ronnie? What's happening, Ron? Ron comes in. Hold on, let me click that. Let me click what Ronnie's saying. Ron says, "Yo, then this narrative that Diggs demands the ball is overblown." Oh, hold on now. I don't remember Diggs complaining about targets in the 13 second game when he only had three receptions. Ronald, excuse me, Ronald, Walter. What's up? What's up, Walter? I saw Ron before. Walter, you're right. He didn't kick up a stink with his three receptions publicly. The year after that, and the year after that, he's been paying attention. Why do you think the grumblings are starting now? He doesn't want what happened in back in 21 to happen again. Okay, I get it. We're 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 on the brink of beating this team and we're about to, you know what I mean, go to the Super Bowl pretty soon and all that good stuff. So sometimes you have to take a step back because we were putting points on the board. So if we're putting points on the board, it gives me another opportunity the following week to get my numbers up. So you're not going to hear it, but now you're hearing it somewhat, maybe not from him specifically because he ain't going to say it, but others and some of his actions are promoting and telling you that he's not quite happy with how things are going. And he shouldn't be because your star receiver having only three receptions is absurd, especially in crunch time. And in the Bengals game, that just was a terrible game. So him demanding the, the ball, it's not a narrative. He should demand the ball. Your number one receiver is never overblown. He's just not going to make it public because if he makes it public, you guys already know these guys are going to be all over his ass. I mean, so that's conversation for him and Josh to have, but I don't think it's an overblown narrative. A number one receiver should always demand demand the football, no matter what, no matter what. It's just what that's how they're built. That's how they're built, in my opinion. So bringing up the 13 second game, they were they were on the brink of winning. So like when if I'm a running back and I got six carries for 14 yards, right? But we're about to win this game. I am mad. But if we get blown out. And I got six carries for 14 yards and not being utilized. I'm going to have something to say about it. And that's why you saw him in that Bengals game pulling one of these. Now, we'll never know exactly what was being said between the two of them because they're never going to reveal it. But you can use your imagination. Get your shit together. Let's get it together. Let's get it together. Wake up. And the rest is history. So uh, I am mad at it. I think I think they've they've had their moments to kind of chit chat with one another and kind of get these things popping off and 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 they know exactly what's the what's at stake here. So I I ain't tripping too much. I ain't tripping too much. But uh, here's at the end of the day, here's what it's gonna come down to: control the ball. Time the time of possession is gonna be key. I mean, you saw a great example of it up against the Raiders last week. We did not give the Raiders a damn chance to do a damn thing because we controlled the game all the way through. And that's what we, what we want to try to continue that. So that being said, my score prediction is going to remain the same. I gave that score prediction last week. I think we're going to continue to put up 30 points. 
we put up there, whether, whether there's rain or not, we're going to put up at least 25 points. And, uh, and these guys will put up maybe 10, 10 to 15, 10 to, we'll say 17 points. Between 10 and 17 points, the commanders will put up. I think the defense is going to be ready to go on the road. It's serious business. We already know what happened last time on the road, and we got to redeem ourselves. So to me, the Bills win. I don't think it's going to be as close as 27-24. I really don't. They, their offense is good, but I don't think it's on the level of the Bills. I just don't think it is. Airbnb is amazing. He's amazing, but he doesn't have an amazing quarterback. His quarterback is a good quarterback. He's on the rise. He's on the come up. He's still got a lot to learn. And the defense that the Bills are bringing to Washington, it's going to be a quiz. It's going to be a pop quiz. What you got? And we're about to find out if he's ready for it or not. I mean, you ever walk into class and your teacher's like, pop quiz? You're like, shit, I'm not prepared. Or you're like, pop quiz? You're like, fuck yeah, I was waiting for that. So this is where the Bills come in and say, pop quiz, bitch. (laughs) What you got? Sam Howell's going to have to answer the bell or he's going to have to go back and say, shit, I got to be prepared for these pop quizzes that keep coming on. So these Bills are going to be bringing the pop quiz. So we're going to see how that plays out. Anyway, that being said, I'm still going to call it. I think it's going to be like a 30, 20, between 25 at minimum, 25 at minimum, 25, 27 points to about 37, 35 to 37 points hung on the commanders. Um, and that's just what it's going to be, man. And, uh, and I stand on that. And I stand on that. So let's go through, before we get out of here, we're going to go through the pickums. There's games that are happening this weekend. And I promised y'all that I was going to do the pickums, and we got to do them right now. So let's get to it. Let me open up my book here. I'm going to write these games down and uh, we're going to get to it. So let's go. If you guys are trying to, you know what I'm saying? If you guys are doing fantasy, if you're doing all that stuff, hold on a second. Always, always, always bet on Josh. And you're probably wondering, what do you mean bet on Josh? If it's rushing lately, maybe you want to want to hold back on that just a bit <laughs> because Josh ain't running the ball like he used to. But if it's passing, Bet on Josh. There's nothing wrong with betting on Josh and betting on the Bills. But don't let me tell you about it. Let my man Pierre Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. In the Pick'em game, you can pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in that week's game for a chance to win big. And as you already know, I'm going Josh Allen higher in yards every single week. So sign up today with promo code Buffalo Fanatics and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with promo code Buffalo Fanatics to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. There you have it. So jump on there if you have not. Underdog Fantasy. And good in there. By the way, uh, how are you? How are your fantasy teams doing? By the way, um, I'm gonna tell you something. I got pissed off the other day, where in my chat, these these two guys were were doing were doing a trade, and this one guy that had Brees Hall, he had Brees Hall. Who did he have? I gotta tell you all this because this is bananas to me. His running backs were Brees Brees Hall and another star, Miles Sanders. He had Brees Hall and Miles Sanders as his running back. And he he's offering to trade those guys away for Kieran Williams and Cam Akers. He wants Cam Akers and he wants Kieran Williams. So, and there was a choice to veto that. I said, 
I'm vetoing that nonsense. You go, why are you doing that? What's the, what, what are you doing here? So I'm thinking he's trying to take advantage. I didn't realize he was the one making the trade and he's the commissioner. And I was like, what's going on? He's like, yo, it's, it's a gambling thing. I'm gambling to make this thing happen. So I'm gonna make that happen. I said, yo fam, I'm winning this whole league anyway. It doesn't matter. It's a, it's a whole bunch of, whole bunch of dads around the neighborhood. Right. Somebody, somebody found out that I do a podcast and all that stuff. They're like, yo, you want to join our, our fantasy? I was like, yeah, yeah I'm a wax y'all. So it's all good. Anyway. So I'm two and all, and uh, these guys are all one and one and doing all their bullshit. But like, what kind of trade is that? Bro, I'm like, all right, man, this is the type of league I'm in. So be it. But anyway, let's get to the pickums here. Let me just open up my stuff here before I can even get there. And then we'll get this thing crack a lacking. Uh, by the way, how are your fantasy teams doing? Are you guys, uh, are the injuries killing you? Because if you have any of the guys that got injured, I feel for you. I feel for you badly. I'm in a 14-team league, and it's a, it's a struggle to go and look for uh, free agency. Like, listen, I had to go and pick up. I dropped. Who did I drop? I dropped uh, Foreman, Deontay Foreman, which I thought was going to be the backup running back to Khalil Herbert. And I don't know what's going on. So Roshan Johnson is the guy that's doing the picks. So they deactivated Foreman. So guess what? I had to go pick up Latavius Murray. That's how bad it's at. I'm at Latavius Murray, the third string running back on the Bills. But he gets the special, he gets those red zone touches. So uh, we got we go, we got we got to see that play through. We got to see that play through. So let us set it up. Let me go to my teams here. And we're about to get it cracking. So who are we picking? Who are we picking? Let's go to the, the NFL here. And uh, let's go to the schedule. Here we go, folks. So here's what we're doing. First matchup. We got Tennessee at Cleveland. Tennessee at Cleveland. Who do you guys like with a Tennessee at Cleveland? Because I'm like, I didn't like what Cleveland gave me last week. And Nick Chubb going down, it's a tough one. And Tennessee, Tannehill ain't really doing it. So, like, who stands out? Y'all let me know. Um, then you got Atlanta at Detroit. Atlanta right now is 2-0. Bijan Robinson is killing it. He's killing the game right now. So, Detroit... They came off a loss, but it was a tight loss. I think this is where Atlanta loses this game. I'm going with Detroit over Atlanta. Tennessee. I don't know about Tennessee, man. I'm going to take Cleveland over Tennessee. Tennessee, I don't know about them. I know they have, you know I mean, Derek Henry and all that stuff, but just it ain't doing it for me, right? New Orleans at Green Bay. New Orleans at Green Bay. These are This is a week where it's like, oof. I don't know. Derek Carr, Jordan Love. I think Aaron Jones is coming back. I'm going to go Green Bay with this one. I think Jordan Love does have something that's going on. And uh, I think, they, I think they, they, uh, they take this one at home. It's at Green Bay. Denver at Miami. Denver at Miami. Well, this one to me is a no-brainer. I'm taking Miami. Miami's looking real good right now. I'm not even going to think twice about that one. L.A. Chargers. The L.A. Chargers at Minnesota. Kirko, Jefferson, they just brought in Cam. Uh, that's a tough one, man. What do you guys think? Chargers at Minnesota. Chargers at Minnesota. Are we, are we trusting the Chargers? Or do we like Kirk and the Vikings? Because the defense has got a little better. 
It's gotten a little better. Um, and the Chargers, what? I think the Chargers are 0-2 now. So they need this win. They need this win desperately. Ugh, that's a tough one. I'm going to come back to that one. I'm going to come back to that one because I'm not, I'm not sure about that one. New England at the Jets. Well, I'm picking New England at this one. I just don't think the Jets... I think, I think they just don't have confidence in Wilson. Wilson is just not giving the team any confidence, and they're not really doing it. Buffalo at Washington. You already know what it is. I'm taking Buffalo to win that one. Houston at Jacksonville. How you guys feel that one? Houston at Jacksonville. Listen, the quarterback right now is playing extremely well. Stroud is playing actually well for these this Houston team. They're in games. They got a really good coach, defensive-minded coach, but Jacksonville's got weapons, and I'm taking Jacksonville. I'm not even. I'm not even. I'm not even gonna think twice about that one. Indy at Baltimore. Indy at the Ravens. I mean. Are we even talking about the Ravens like they're going to lose this game? Heck no. I'm not picking the Ravens to lose that game. I'm taking Ravens. And we don't even know if uh, AR-15 is going to be available. So Ravens all day in that game. Carolina at Seattle. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, Seattle's winning that. I just don't trust that quarterback out there at, in Carolina, the little tiny guy. I don't know. There's something about him that just doesn't do it for me. But he is a rookie, and he's still learning on the job. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens in that regard, right? Uh, Jeff King says, "Yo, this coaches, coaches, coaches on the. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, Jeff, 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 Jeff. Coach's job on the line for which team? Seattle? Or are you talking about Houston? Because he just got there. Indy. Oh yeah, you, you, you. Oh, you talking about Jags coach on the line? Oh, you're picking the Jags. I'm picking the Jags as well. The there's the Jags are picking. They're beating Houston. There's no question about that. Um, but yeah, who who are you talking about? Uh, Coaches on the line there, Jeff. Talk to me now. Because Peterson is a damn good coach. I can't see his uh, his job being on the line. So I'm curious as well, right? Um, I'll let you uh, let me know who it is. I'm going to keep going. So I'm picking Seattle over Carolina. That's no question. Uh, Chicago at KC. I need to talk about Chicago, man. Because I already know KC is going to win that game. But Chicago is absolutely. What's going on over there, man? What's going on with Justin Fields? They're, they did some film study and breakdown. This guy is so, he's missing wide open receivers. And I'm not talking about like they're three, three yards. I'm talking about like there's no one near the receivers. And he's, he's not even, when I say he's missing them, he's not even attempting to throw to the football to them because he's already, had, he's got his head down and he's scrambling. It's like, fam, DJ Moore didn't get her over there for you to do this mess. I'm telling you right now. If he continues this BS that he's doing, Nate Peterman is going to take over that damn team. Y'all think I'm playing with you. Justin Fields is, is acting like a bozo. Like, what the hell, man? Get it together, my G. Bro, a lot of people picked you in fantasy thinking that you're going to do something, man. You better get it together, man. Ah, Jeff, I see what you're talking about. You're talking about the Chargers coach. Bro, that's why I couldn't call that game, man. I have it open. I'm going to go back to the Chargers-Minnesota game because I'm not sure about that one. But, yo, let me put a button in this, this, this Chicago team. Justin just needs to let it rip, bro. Just let it rip. If you throw interceptions, you throw interceptions. But, like, you holding onto the football and taking a sack rather than attempting to make something happen? Bro. Fuck, man. Like, I, if I'm a Bears fan, I am pissed. If I'm a Bears fan, I'm a Bears content creator. 
I'd be ripping his ass, ripping him. And what kind of development the coaches you guys? You, who's developing this guy up there? Like honestly, who's the coach? Matt Eberflus? Is it Matt Eberflus or some some shit like that? Isn't he a defensive head coach? What the, what the hell's going on over there? And if he's not a defensive head coach, and if he's, and I can't remember because he's, he's, I think he's the Colts guy. Terrible. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't developing this guy for shit. Get it together, man. Anyway, I digress. I'm getting mad. I'm not even a Bears fan. Ugh. Anyway, um, Dallas at Arizona. Well, I'm picking Dallas because that Dallas defense is nasty. Um, but what a terrible feeling to be a Dallas fan when your defense was playing amazing. And you're sitting here with your best corner, arguably your best corner, and Trayvon Diggs goes down to an ACL injury in practice. Dude, that one hurts. Especially when you're, you're surging, your team is doing well, and you're, people are talking about, like, this is the best Dallas team we've seen in a long time, and this happens. That one hurts, man. That one hurts. And as, as, as an older brother, you see your bro go down as a, with an ACL injury, you're like, oh, you paying for him. But luckily, he's young enough to come back. But listen, man, the same thing could have been said about Trey, Jordavis White, and we're about to find out if he's really back or truly back or not. But, dude, that sucks. As a corner, blowing your knee like that, that it's unfortunate. It really is unfortunate, man. Um, but, yo, the you got to move on. Now, somebody did bring this up, and I want to know you. I want to get your thoughts on this, right? I was going through my Twitter, and I honestly, forgive me for, for not knowing who who was because it was scrolling. I just saw it, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Dallas Cowboys don't have a corner. I mean, they do, but they don't. We have a former first-round corner sitting on the bench right now, marinating, just collecting dust, if you will, whatever you want to call it. What would it take for Brandon Bean, do you think, to say to say Dallas or Dallas calls and says, yo, what are you doing with this guy, man? We could use a corner. He's a man-to-man corner. We need that. What are you doing with this guy? And what do you need from him? I would think the Bills would say, if you want him, I need a second-round pick or a third-round pick. And second round is a little high, I'd say. But I need a third-round pick because you guys are in need. You're the one that needs him. What would you say? What would What would be good enough for you to get rid of? Now, I would try to hold on to Diggs, excuse me, to Kair as much as I could because maybe he's learning while he's on the sideline. But, like, what what would it take to lure him away from the Bills to go to Dallas Cowboys, knowing that we have Cowboys on our, on our, on our radar? Richard Forbes comes in and says, yo, you know what? A second and a fifth, you could have him. That might be steep. That might be steep. If you're going to give two picks, it probably would be like a third and a fifth. A second alone would be just fine, but if you could steal a second and a fifth, you'd you'd have to consider that. You definitely would have to consider that. I got Elam for a third round pick, and that would be all right. Maybe you'd probably add a sixth in there, and you got some, right? I can tell you right now, Ride, they ain't giving no first round pick. That's just not gonna happen. They ain't gonna give a first round pick up for for Kyrie Elam. You gonna they're gonna be, they're gonna be like, yo, you're on crack. You know, crack, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. Anyway, but that's a that's a tough blow for the Dallas Cowboys with losing Trayvon Diggs, man. That's a tough one. Uh, last but not least on the docket on, on the Sunday is Pittsburgh at the Raiders. 
So Pittsburgh at the Raiders. Let me write this down here. Uh, that was a tough one because the Kenny Pickett hasn't looked great. I was expecting way more from Kenny Pickett, but I also didn't really see too much from the Raiders that got me saying, all right, they're nice like that. And TJ Watt is an absolute animal, and I think he's going to be all over the Raiders. So give me Pittsburgh over the Raiders. And last but not least, the Sunday night and Monday night matchup. Excuse me, the two Monday night matchups. You got Philly at Tampa. Uh, I'm taking Philly over TB. And last but not least, the Rams at Bengals. See, this one, we don't know if, if Joe Burrow's playing. The Bengals are 0-2 and have looked terrible. The Rams don't look bad at all. They're competitive. This Pika, Pika Nakua or Pina Nakua is just coming on like you wouldn't believe. They got rid of Cam Akers, so they're going to be kind of moving things around. And Matthew Stafford seems like he's refreshed, like he, he's playing decent. He's playing good ball. The Bengals just don't look good right now, folks. They could easily go 0-3, and I'm here for it. So give me the Rams over the Bengals. And that's not an upset special. That's just what it is, man. I don't have any upset specials in, in this week's, man. Everything is pretty much uh, status quo. So I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to the Minnesota Vikings and the Chargers and the coaching on the line. Was it Brandon Staley? You're supposed to be a defensive head coach and your defense can't stop a damn thing. Your defense can't stop a damn thing. Yo, I'm going Minnesota, man. I'm going Minnesota. I think Minnesota's, they, I think they got a little something. I think they got some juice. It's a tough one. I don't know. That one's a tough one. This, that's a, that's a toss-up for me. But I'm going to go Minnesota because they're at home. And Jefferson is just a dog. Jefferson is an absolute dog. And I'm going to leave it at that way. Because the Chargers right now, they're running back. They're run, like Eckler. I don't know if Eckler's back or not. And they're not even playing their, their rookie, Quentin Johnson. Like, I don't know what the hell the Chargers are doing. So give me, give me Minnesota. I'll take the Minnesota over the Chargers. Now, the Rams and Bengals. I'm taking the Rams. The Bengals just, they're just, they're, they're just not doing it. And Joe Burrow being out potentially or sore or nursing an injury and won't be 100%. They're just, they're just not doing it for me. How the mighty have fallen. They're about to potentially embark on an 0 and 3 record. Now, most people say, well, don't, don't stress on it because, you know, they started last year 0 and 2. And the year before that, they started 0 and 2. And you know the results. I do know the results. You're right. But now they're 0-3, or potentially going to go 0-3 with a banged-up quarterback. That's tough. That's tough. But anyway, I digress. So, folks, those, that's your pick man. Let's go through it again. If you want to make some money, then we try to grab this one right here. So, Cleveland over Tennessee. Detroit over Atlanta. Although I don't want to pick that one because I love B. John Robinson. I love what he's doing over there. But I think that uh, I think this is where they take their first loss. Detroit over Atlanta. Green Bay over New Orleans. Uh, I just trust that uh, Aaron Jones coming back and that defense doing what they do. I think Green Bay takes New Orleans. Miami over Denver. That's a, It's going to be a landslide. Uh, Minnesota over the, over the Chargers. New England over the Jets. I think Tom, I think uh, apparently Belichick has a hate for the Jets and just won't, we won't stand for it. And I think he's going to wax the hell out of the freaking Jets. 
Um, but we'll see how that plays out. Macaroni Jones, we'll see what Macaroni Jones can do. But uh, Zach Wilson ain't it. New England over the Jets. Buffalo over Washington. Jacksonville over Houston. Ravens over Indianapolis. The Colts. We got Seattle over Carolina. KC over Chicago by a landslide. Dallas over Arizona. Pittsburgh over the Raiders. Philly over Tampa. And last but not least, the Rams over the Bengals. There's your pickups. That's it for me, folks. Have yourself a great night. Have yourself a great evening. And then uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow at noon with my guy Rev. So show up and show support to my guy Rev. And then we're back at it again on Sunday uh, for the Raves, excuse me, the Bills and the Washington Commanders going at it. So, folks, I hope you enjoyed the show. Shout out to y'all. If you guys have not subscribed to the channel, subscribe to the channel. If you guys have not smashed that like before you leave the room smash that like and if you have not followed me on social media do me a favor rico underscore bf underscore hit me up on twitter let's go and uh until next time folks have yourself a good evening and we'll catch you on the flip side and uh go bills as always peace let's go What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.